Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 18, 19, and 20 of The Path of Daggers. A Peculiar Calling, The Law, and Into Andor. Enjoy! Welcome to Season 8, Episode 10 of The Will Reads. Yay! There's much rejoicing. Yay! So Yay. as you can see, it's just Chris and I for right now. Ian is driving. Uh, I told him just to wait till he gets to a computer and then he can come join us later. So he'll be here eventually. Um, rather than having a repeat of really crappy audio and um, him just trying to make comments, we'll just do that one for now um should be on the next on a 15 30 minutes something like that so by the time we're done with personal life right <laughs> right chris correct yeah <laughs> so chris and i just for right now um a few announcements um no new patrons this week hold on ian's calling me chris take it away what's going on with personal life i'll be back personal life huh let's go to the chat I bet you Chinese is wicked smart, and I'm sure she's a firecracker. And I too am sad that she will not be with us this week. Hopefully, she'll be able to get on with us the next go around. Um, personal life since last go around, um, spent the weekend reclaiming my closet because it had become like the place where we just put things when we didn't want to look at it anymore. So, yeah, a lot of stuff went into a little storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy it did because now I can actually get into my closet and like find the clothes that I've been looking for and that sort of thing. And um, beyond that, uh, it's getting excited. My nephews will be visiting next week. So like we're preparing for that. And then I also um, have gotten back to like healthy eating. So it means that I'm hungry at weird times and I'm craving weird things. And I'm doing the small things I can to make up for it, like eating minuscule cups of keto friendly cereal which literally like barely fits in my hand because it's so small but anyway getting getting back to eating good and working out like i've worked out five times already this week and it's only tuesday uh, one nice. of which was uh golf lessons my father-in-law decided that he was gonna make sure i get on the golf course sooner rather than later so i had my first golf lesson today um learning okay. how to putt. that was pretty fun i i actually thoroughly enjoyed it i did not get frustrated um my clusters were good they were near the hole i was kind of getting the hang of just kind of letting my arms you know swing the club rather than throwing my whole body into it so mm -hmm. you know for those that do golf or have tried golfing yeah okay <laughs> cool Ooh, have you ever played before are you are you a big golfer no i like i've been i've watched a few tournaments um, okay recently uh and as far as golfing i've never been out on a course to go well no that's not true i went golfing at new Prince park once okay i've been to top golf two times i've been mini golfing twice as well okay, so cool. <laughs> in 35 yeah, I, years I, I i'm a horrible golfer so um I, I play i've played maybe five times in the last five years and zero times this year. Or, I don't even think it's been five times in the last five years. Honestly, maybe three. <laughs> so I'm pretty bad. Because uh, it's one of those things you have to do a lot to be good. I mean, I guess there are naturals, but yeah. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, and see, my my father-in-law and my soon-to-be, well, soon-to-be in a year from now, brother-in-law, they both play golf religiously. Yeah. Let's think my father-in-law, he's a scratch golfer, and he always is like, yeah, you should come play with me sometime. And I'm like, "Eh, I'm good. My wife's like, yeah, you should come play with my dad. I was like, I'd rather go sailing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just I like to go lift and throw heavy things, but... Yeah, I'd rather go sailing. Like it's a, it's one of those things. Like like if I'm gonna have time to myself, it's not gonna be playing golf. It's gonna be on the boat. So well, wasn't yeah. it invited by the, wasn't it invented by the Scottish? It was. So it you was had the, Scottish. The, the Scottish that could throw heavy things. Mm-hmm. Highland Games and, and everybody else wee, and hit a wee little ball. Into everybody a hole. else was golfing really long, far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, it's funny, fu- cool fact. Um, so the most comprehensive golf museum in the world is actually in Newport News, Virginia, where we live. Really? Yeah. Most people don't realize this. Most people don't even know about it. I, it is literally I don't know one, about it. Yeah. So there's a country club in Newport News called James River Country Club. It's I about 120 River. years old. There's a golf museum inside the club, but you have to be a member to even get on there. So like most people that live here don't even know it exists, but there's a museum in the club and they have the original golf club and original golf ball in that museum. They have, I mean, they have, I think almost every single president that's ever played golf going way back to like 1800s. They're golf balls from each president. They have, I mean, it's like the, they have the, all, it's just, there's a ton of, I mean, if you're like a big wow. golf, fan, I'm not, I just, it's always kind of like a weird flex. Cause like, I'll go there for like an event and like the people from out of town there. I'm like, so you big golfer? Like, yeah. I'm like, you want to see something really cool? <laughs> <laughs> Let me this see. Is how he closes all of his, <laughs> his <Cool>. deals. <laughs> yeah. No, that's in, that's in the basement. Uh, the deals get done in the basement there. Um, there's, a, there's a there's a secret room in the basement. Anyway, <laughs> telling secrets. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get like a black car shot from my house. Like you are telling way too much information. Um, so, um, and Ian's calling me again. Um, we're gonna do this live now. What's up, dude? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll just just join 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 when you get home. We're live. <laughs> just uh, how far out are you? Okay, cool. All right, sounds good. All right, later. He turned off his uh, data, so he can only connect. And he doesn't know how to do it while driving. That's the problem. Mm. So he's like, I don't. He's like, I can't connect with GPS or anything. I don't know how far out I am from being home. So he will join whenever he joins. Anyways, um, announcements real fast, and this is already turned into a complete downward spiral. Does he need bail money? Maybe. Uh, um, no, he's driving back. He he stayed in Richmond too long, um, and it's uh, so we're we're, we're we're trying to work through this. Um, he's trying to figure things out. Uh, Ian's gone through a lot right now. Um, so uh, go back to announcements. Uh, so for this week, we just have. Cosmic Reards on Sunday. We did Watt uh, Fortune last Saturday, which was a crap ton of fun. If you haven't checked it out, go to the YouTube and check it out. Um, it, it's going to be a good time um, for anybody who wants to go back and watch it. Not you, Chris, because it's spoilers. So also, it is spoiler heavy, heavy to the end of the book. So, um, and then we're going to be doing a live reading sometime soon. Ooh, so, what yeah. chapters? 
think chapter 25 or 24. One of those. Oh, that's, been, that's end of the month. Or yeah. Mid, near the end of July. Uh, it's coming up soon. So well, I'll let you guys know. I'll pick a date and we'll do Is that. it a worthy chapter? Like, are we just going to be listening to something that just goes? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something. Uh, Tell me one character that will be in it. Get me excited for this chapter. Rand's going to be in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> As I eat my cereal in disappointment. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, um, is this where Rand goes to the dark side? Now that would be exciting. We'll, we'll, we'll do a live reaction in a few weeks. Uh, personal life for me, yeah, it's 23 or 24, I think it's one of those two. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll pick a date. If you're a Patreon at a certain level, you'll get to watch it. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, join. Um, <laughs> so that's all I can say. Um, so, uh, personal life for me, let's see. Last weekend we, uh, went to the pool and, uh, and on Saturday night, Saturday, what do we do? I don't even know now. I probably talked about in the Cosme read. So anyone that watched that as well, remind me what I did this weekend. <laughs> um, you prepared for all of the things that you did on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know at the pool on Sunday on Saturday, we had a full day. Oh, I went to the Lions bridge, uh, football game. Oh yeah, that's right. You told us about that. Yeah, so How I went to that. Uh, I, I don't know because the kids got just got overly tired, so we didn't even we didn't make the start of the game. Um, oh. so we went to the game and we were there very early for all the events pregame. So like mm-hmm. they had like a bounce house for the kids and like a bunch of beer uh, trucks and food trucks. So we ate and drank and the kids played, and then by the time the game was getting ready to start, they were tired. And we left. So Saturday the twenty fourth, they tied. Oh, cool. Two and two. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty much. So yeah, um, that's that. Um, and then I guess for Ian's personal life, he's driving in Richmond. Um so the fact that he's still going to Richmond is good. So yeah, he's still gonna work. So he works on Tuesdays, so we might have to figure something out. We might push back recording times to a little bit later. Yeah, I, I talked about Water Fortune already, how. Um, but uh, my push recordings back to 9 o'clock versus 8.30, if that works for Chris. I don't know. Oh, that works perfectly for me. Okay, let's let's start doing that in the future. And that'll give Ian time to get back. And then I'll say I need to be here at 3.30. That way I'm here at 8.45. I mean, at 8.30. Excuse me, I'm never here yeah. at 3.30. So, so going forward, we're going to be starting the podcast at 9 p.m., which means 8, 9.15. So uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'll Just be here at you know. I'm gonna keep my alarm at 8 30. That way I show up before time. That'll be excellent. I like oh yeah, there you go. Alon does remind me of what we did. I went to the pool and recorded a podcast with this character. That's what that's what Alondo, you're here. <laughs> we should let him be a guest host. Go ahead, send him the link. Yeah, send the link. He's 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 been through this before. Uh, I don't All know right. if he knows these particular chapters, but um, you know, he's read these. Um We'll have we'll, we'll get Londo on sometime. That'll be fun. Uh, but I'll, I'll give him time to prep before coming on, not just like randomly have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the Cosmic reads and the Will reads together. Then our world yeah. will implode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Will Will hasn't read them, but Alondo has read uh, well. To I think he's in the last three books. Will's um, newly married. He didn't have time to come on our show. Um, no, he doesn't. He's in Paris right now, so he right. doesn't have time. Um. 
So anyways, also a couple of housekeeping things as well. Next week is 4th of July for us. So we will not be recording on the 4th of July. It's on a Tuesday, um, which we'll take the week off. I was going to try to sit another time, but honestly, it's just not going to happen. Um, so we'll be back the following week after. So just FYI. Um, yeah, that's coming up. So next week, no podcast the week after podcast. Um, it's for anyone who doesn't listen to us live. It's the week after Fort July. You won't get a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Ready to jump into? Yeah, let's get into these yeah. chapters. Londo okay. said he wants the uh, link. Sounds like a setup. Send that link now to Londo. Uh, that's that's Daniel Lu saying that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, chapter eighteen. <laughs> a peculiar calling. <laughs> um. I and mean, usually stuff happens in chapter two, so you'll be here in time for that. Um, yeah. So Egwene and the sitters begin to mingle with the nobles from Andor and Murundi. Um, that's how we start. I just ripped my book. That's really upsetting. Oh, no. Yeah, so they're doing some Apparently little mingling. a girl, Amarlin, a girl puppet and figurehead, held no interest not with the ageless faces in front of them. That at least said they actually were speaking to Aes Sedai. I right away felt for Egwene. I was like, if you're going to have her as said figurehead, then at least allow her the respect of making other people respect her. But in this moment, I was like, I can't wait for the retribution. I knew reading this, retribution was going to occur. So anyway. Yeah. It looks like we got a frozen still of Ian now. Um, he's on cell phone data driving. <laughs> he's mean mugging us, man. Welcome to, to week two of the Wheel of <laughs> When Chris is in his car, and he is on a cell phone. Alan's the exactly. only one with part of his shit together. So at least we got Ian uh, in, in picture with us somewhat live. He can probably hear us. We just can't hear him right now. So anyway. Yeah, so um yeah, no respect for Egwene at all. Um, you know, and, and Egwene's trying to give some orders, tell Sherium to find out the references to Isidai and the tower guards moving through Andor and trying to figure out what's going on there, trying to get some some intel. Um and and Swan starts to express some concern over Egwene's statements to the nobles. Um, you know, and, and this is all what happens before we get into the whole entire conversation about love. <laughs> so anything from all that before we get into the Gareth Bryn the band topic anything Chris that you had I mean I, I do like the power play that she has here when she's you know kind of pushing people out to gather information she's getting the, int the intel she needs that she wouldn't be getting otherwise so I just think that's really good on her for Egwene to have come this far in such a short amount of time really just is quite amazing i think I, I can't remember when it was asked whether or not she in the book it was explicitly asked like are you taviran as well mm -hmm. because so much is going on around her that is happening the right way and it's like this is a person who comes from a backwater town who you know has only been just like a girl like she's been able to kind of be innocent yeah. And I know she's been through a lot, you know, in the course of the books, but she is really taking command of the situations. And so it, it it's great to know that she is definitely teachable 
and that she's learned lessons very well and that she's now using what she learned um, to her advantage. Mm -hmm. And then also realizing that she has, you know, people here to help her out like tall mayonnaise is is yeah (laughs) that's right tall mayonnaise we we all like tall mayonnaise Uh, ian loves tall mayonnaise (laughs) i do now now that he's actually in the chapter i don't mind talking about him when he's he's not there that it gets annoying (laughs) fair enough fair enough so yeah, and then we get into the whole conversation about Swan and Gareth, and where Swan's really just upset because she loves Gareth, but not sure if he loves her, and yada yada yada. And Egwene kind of thinks through it and is like, "Why else would he have kept you around, or even stayed, or did anything?" She comes to the conclusion that it must be because he loves her back. <laughs> um, and Swan's. I don't know if she fully buys it, but at the same time, she's she's all googly eyes for him. They needed to just knock the boot. There you go. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Egwene uses this to throw Swan off. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. hard it does throw her off. Like It completely catches her off guard. This is not this time and the place and the moment. But Egwene, like you said, does bring up that good idea or that good notion. He's only here because of his loyalty to you and because he's a good man. And there ain't too many good men out here in this world. And this world is coming to an end clearly. So you might as well stop acting like a schoolgirl. Yeah. And well, go on ahead and do things. You know, Gareth Brynn does think like a female. Therefore, you know, he must be. I think that was the comment that was made or something. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Say anything about the googly eyes for Gareth Brand before we move to her going to talk to Tall Mayonnaise? I like the scolding too. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a 100% a Gwen fan this chapter, and I never thought I would like be more of a a fanboy. But her, you're an Aes Sedai Swan. Try to maintain at least a little dignity. <laughs> that like t- this this chapter was all about praises for Egwene for me. Just now, especially next chapter. Yeah, I mean the. the both of these and it it kills me because i really do think she's being controlled you know behind the scenes well they're trying to manipulate it behind they're trying to well i mean i she's literally being like manipulated in her dreams and i think some of this this is a result of that Mm -hmm. but she's doing a phenomenal job so yeah yeah i think it's a good sign that she's not doing what all these other eyes that I and what Sherium and everybody else are trying to make her do. Correct. Yeah. Until, until we find out that Swan is under the control of some forsaken and <laughs> apparently everything she's doing is horribly wrong. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. These these chapters, but this one too, like big time Egwene fan, and we we've, we've spoken her praises before. But man, it's a lot of fun watching her come into her own. I mean, remember, it wasn't that long ago, like, they all kind of trembled, except for Nynaeve a little bit, uh, in front of, like, full-blown eyes that I, you know? Oh, yeah. And now she's just like, screw it. This is, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to play your game and play it better. Oh, willow in the wind. I like that. Um, and, you know, to to that point as well, um, 
she also starts to realize how interested Halima is in her. So I'm wondering if like she realizes there's something out of sorts here, but she can't quite put a finger on it. And it's because every time she starts to figure it out, Halima like manipulates her. I love this comment uh, from, from Wayne. <laughs> yeah. We thought Nanid came a long way. Egwene, hold my stole. <laughs> <laughs> Too naive. God, I yeah. wish you would say like that's <laughs> exactly now. the moment. That's that's the next meme we need. Yeah. <laughs> so she heads over to talk to Tomanes, uh, and Tomanes immediately is like, "Where's Matt?" And Egwene's like, "I don't know. I think he was in Evadar last time I heard. Like, not with us. Like, because you know, last time they left." I guess last time Tom Honest left Matt, Matt was going to go find a Gwen and bring her back along mm-hmm. with Elaine and everyone else. So mm-hmm. Tom Honest has found a Gwen, um, not with Elaine and yeah. Um, or, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess Tom Honest stayed mm-hmm. back with the Gwen. That's what it was. Tom Honest stayed back with the Gwen when they all left, figured that she's communicating with the Aes Sedai down there with Elaine and, and naive. And she's like, I haven't heard anything recently. That's just true. Last time we heard, he was in Evadar. And last time we heard, he was underneath the wall in Evadar. In Evadar. So, yeah. um, Talmanis then uh, tells her that she, he's going to go ahead and aid uh, Rowadon, the king of Mirandi, um, help him unite the um, the noble houses. Um, and they make a little pact or whatever, uh, you know, not to get involved, you know, with him not to get involved with war. Like, go ahead. Um, like, Giddy. Yeah, a little, yeah, little kind of. She makes some promise. Yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah, and Tomas can also feel something tugging. Thinks it's Matt tugging him from the south. That that was the part. First off and foremost, um, Dana, I think manipulation of the prophetic dream, and maybe even touching into the real world. Um, but then. The idea that Matt's men can feel that there's something wrong with him, is that severe or is that part of the power that Matt has being like a reborn character from the different age? Like that was a big question I had. Like, hmm. is it everybody in his band can kind of sense and feel things regarding him and maybe the others? Or is this a severe thing? Because we haven't heard about people sensing what's wrong with Rand and we haven't heard about people sensing what is wrong with um <clears throat> Perrin but Tom Manis Tom Manis can feel Matt's tug Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are about as bad as we are <laughs> Matt's probably got a strong tug too yeah he probably does um Working out on that farm. Work, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, he thinks he should no longer be shadowing the Isidai army. He needs to leave and go on his own way. And they agreed to that, um, that Tomanis and the Red Band will, will, will leave, even though Matt Eventually. told him to stay with them before he left to go. I think that's going to be a mistake. She needs to keep people around her. And though she has Gareth, part of what's mm-hmm. keeping others at bay is the fact that she has two armies at her disposal right. and not one. Yeah. So you think it's going to be a, a, a downfall for her letting him and the rest of the band leave? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so 
I think that's pretty much. I mean, is there anything else in this chapter beside that? Egwene goes and mingles with more nobles. Um, you know, at sunset, she she leaves to go get ready for her next part of her plan. So, I mean, it's not it's not much else besides that. Brian Shirium, tell her to get everyone mounted now, no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. She could not have the sitters. She cannot give the sitters a night to think about what had happened today, to plan mm-hmm. and plot. They had to be back in camp before the sun went down. Yeah, <sighs> I'm just like fan fanboying over here. Yeah, she did such a good job. Also, she did uh, notice uh, Romanda and Lelaine uh, casting some angry glances at her as she was walking. Yeah. Through, so. it yeah. is what it is. Getting that mean girl look going on. <laughs> So, anything else from uh, this chapter before we move to the next one? Or well, Dana, I agree with you. Like they, the the friends fill the pool, but nobody else has been mentioned outside of the crew filling each other's pool. Mm. Have they? Or maybe the I sea folk it. did during the during the bargain, like when they were trying to. No, but I mean yeah. that was direct but- manipulation. I'm talking about like feeling distress like of the being. Yeah. Yeah, but there's been characters that I've mentioned like I didn't normally do this. You must be a really powerful Tavira. There's been other characters that I've mentioned that before, like where they realize that what's happening is because of Tavira. And so, but as far as like a pull like from far away, I don't know about that. But yeah, like, that's being, what I mean. That but pull. being in the presence of someone and feeling Tavira effects, yes, but not from great distances. I don't think, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well, we're gonna find out. Tavira. Mm-hmm. So anything else uh, from this chapter before we move to 19 of the law? I fought the law and the law won. No, but what I didn't mention during my um, my opening is how proud I am of the shot putter hammer thrower turned hurdler. If you're not watching Mm -hmm. news, we had a great show of teamwork. I think the characters in this book could learn from um, communication. Sorry. Communication. <laughs> yes. Communication and then working for your team versus for yourself. Um, her name just left my mind that fast, but um, we had a, oh man, darn it. I'll come back to it. I'm going to pull yeah. it up. I'm you didn't mention a, a really good character from last chapter too. There was a, there was a good character that was mentioned in there as well, but you guys just missed it. Really. Who was but, that? Um, apparently Swan doesn't know how to use horses. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, that's right. Bella was there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it two weeks in a row, guys. No, no we won't. No, we There's won't. a Belgian shop who went viral because she decided to run and become a hurdler to help her team out. See, that's what we hmm. need. We need more people like that. Anyway, like Bella. Cool. Bella's yeah. not that type of a horse. But she did Bella's what she not. did. Bella, Bella can do whatever she wants. <laughs> there was someone on Facebook the other day talking about how evil Bella was and the amount of hate oh. that they got was shut your damn mouth. Oh. Uh, and rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's why I stay off Facebook guys. You, you wonder why I deleted the app and not, why I don't ever go on there. You get stuff like that. Like it's one thing where they talk bad about like certain people and stuff like that and different content creators. Nothing when you're, and you're pulling bell on the bus. So I just don't even want to stay. That, that app is just toxic. Um, so <laughs> moving on. Um, chapter 19, the law. 
So Egwene gathers the sitters around for a meeting, you know, the hall back at camp. Um, uh, Bryn's there to offer support. Uh, she appreciates it, uh, but declines. You know, he's like, hey, I'll help out anything you can. Um, and she goes back to her tent to talk with Swan before the big meeting for mm-hmm. some tips and pointers. So let's start there. Thoughts. Let's start with how eager they were to get back on their mounts. Like mm. the tea needed to be spilt and they were ready to spill it all. Like that's really what it came down to. They're ready to get back to the other people that were a part of their color, a part of their group to chat out what had just happened, to talk about what they learned amongst the groups to create that plan. And Egwene was like, nope, make sure you're in the hall in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Don't let me beat you. If yeah. I do, you'll pay for it. That's what mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah. That's how I felt. That's, that's I felt all of that. And yeah. especially from Ramonda and uh, Lelaine, each of them trying to like keep their composure, but then also get close enough to Egwene. And Egwene was like, no, nah, I got the horse. And she like took <laughs> off. She, like she's riding hard. And then she gets in there, like you said, with Swan. And Swan's like, wow, f- phenomenal job. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, She's like, um, as I as near as I can make out, there are 50 rumors, no facts. It's likely a sort of tale to spring up, but it might be true. Like she's just she's saying there's not much information to be gathered at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she's like, you guys, you, you definitely ruffled some feathers here. Oh, you definitely yeah. took things a step further than what we talked about. So yeah, yeah, and and, and Swan gives her some tips, like I said. For the upcoming meeting, like she says, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And Egwene turns it back around and says, Hey, you need to stay close to Gareth. Um, you know, because that's something from men's viewings mm-hmm. that she has to stay close to him. Um, even though, you know, um, uh, she feels like he is affecting her work. Um, and also, this is also where Swain asks uh, Egwene not to mention her feelings to, to, for him to, to, to Gareth. <laughs> Don't, don't tell him. Don't tell I, him I like him. I, I also <laughs> love, I have to throw this out there. Uh, by tonight, you'll be too sore to walk. Didn't you ever learn how to ride? Like, Shirian finally got her little jab. From the shifting, she, from the way she kept shifting in her saddle, she had already achieved her prediction from uh, for Swan. Like poor Swan, that 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 booty's raw. That that that, that crotchular area is not happy. No, uh, and Shiriam was happy to point that out. Saddle sores are a real thing, guys. Um, stay in the saddle too long. Oh, you got saddle sores. Um, <laughs> I, I rode from Jacksonville to San Diego and back and i can tell you saddle sores are real that will make your ass fall i I don't care how comfy your bike is uh that's that's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt (laughs) with very little sleep and minimal stops that was a long long way oh yeah vaseline is your best friend yeah yeah uh i use diaper cream bro that shit was raw (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nice uh so yeah um yeah i i've i've read a horse or two and i've ridden on the back of ian's motorcycle but we're not gonna talk about that experience 
actually we we can um so that was a that was a funny story uh, a little tangent real fast so years ago uh we went tubing down the james river uh in virginia by national bridge it's in the mountains and they have rapids up there so you can go drop your tubes in uh and then go through these rapids and like a laser river most of the day it's a pretty big big falls about halfway through and then there's a little park where you can park your car down uh towards the dam and take the tubes out, put them in your car and then drive back up. So you have to leave a car down there. It's not like official run thing or anything like that. Um, so I drew, I, I said, I'll drive down uh, to, to leave the car, just send a car after me. We had like three people, three cars and Ian on his bike. So I figured that someone would come down to pick me up in one of their cars and Ian begged to let him go because he want, he thought it'd be funny that I drive all the way down there, get everything set up for we got to, and then he pulls up in his bike and I'm like, how much does get back up? He's like, you have to ride the back dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, now granted, this is the sticks of Virginia um, where at least mm-hmm. this is, this is also years ago where definitely um, certain flags are flown a lot and, and seeing two men on a bike is not, it's yeah. not, it's not very much uh, um, new. Uh, it's frowned upon and, very highly. And those neck of the woods. Uh, we're we're in the Appalachian and with the Yamaha. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they were not that busy. <laughs> you were all around messy. <laughs> we definitely got a few uh, yells and screams from some 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 rednecks and trucks. Um, I'm like, yeah, thanks. Like this is just. <laughs> they were my cousins. I literally have family all throughout West Virginia, so. Yeah. Some interesting back, back, backwoods people. Uh, but yeah, nice people. Uh, <laughs> sure. sure. I, don't, I don't know. I never, <laughs> they didn't say nice things to us. <laughs> so right at the back of Ian's motorcycle. It wasn't the only time I ran in the back of a motorcycle. But that was the most embarrassing time I have. <laughs> Overseas, you do it a lot just to get around. Because um, you like hitchhike on the back of motorcycles. That's different when you're backpacking. Anyways, yeah, uh, two guys on a bike uh, is norm. Those boondocks, uh, what is that? Two guys on a bike in shorts, not the norm. It's boondocks. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Um, My favorite quote, strange. I remember the day you and I, Neve, came to the tower. Two girls who couldn't decide whether to be excited or frightened. So much has changed since then. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and much to Swan's surprise, a lot. Like, we ain't got a backbone now, and she ain't oh, afraid yeah. to show it because she's about to. Because she's been playing this game now for a little bit with Ramonda and Lane, all trying to boss her around and be a mean girl. I'm like, listen, this is what we're going to do, and you're going to listen to me, and that's just how we're going to run things. And she's like done a little bit here and there, like not letting them talk to the meeting with the nobles when she was supposed to, even though she agreed to, and like do like little things like this. This is where she lays down the hammer. So they go to the, the pavilion uh, for the hall to sit. Um, and everyone's there. Uh, and as she comes in, even before like the formalities of it, they start like breaking protocol and like barking in, which is like, you know, they note Robert Jordan notes that like, this is like completely out of, out of, uh, a protocol. Like, um, um, you know, everyone's supposed to be announced first and not supposed to start talking right away. You're not supposed to raise your voice. Lots of things are breaking. There's a lot of emotions going on right now. Everyone's kind of nipping and upset. Um, you know, but, but Egwene's there and she calls the question, you know, as soon as the hall starts, like, all right, we're going to declare we're on a light on. They're like, uh, little girl, little girl, let's, I, let's- I am going to, ch- I'm going to chime in real quick. Cause I, I, I did skip over your initial question. I do like Gareth Brennan, his, his statement 
Um, though he was told that tonight was for Aes Sedai business, he states, I gave my word to Tarvalon. And mm-hmm. then he says, whatever tonight's business is, remember that you have 30,000 men and Gareth Bren behind you. That should count for something, even amongst Aes Sedai, until tomorrow, mother. So he is fully putting everything behind her as being the true Amelin and this group as being representative of Tarvalon. Mm-hmm. So that that has a lot of weight. I, I like that statement. Chris, yeah. do, you, yes. do you think Swan is going to make Gareth bring her warder? Do you think that's part of what's being plotted? I think that he has too much honor for that. To, to be I a warder? Think... Are you saying Lan is not honorable to be a warder? <gasps> no, I was about I to say, tell me how Lan is less. Let's hear that statement. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a mute and I'm going to sit back and listen. Y'all get him in the comments. Uh-huh, yeah, you're not going to set me up that way. Not saying that Lan is less, but Gareth Bryn has been this man in control of armies, you know, working for the queen mother of Andor. Lan was a king. Lan was never a king. Lan may become a king again again at some point. But he he was a princeling and he was a king for like. It's Lan the man, not Lan the boy. I love Lan the man. Lan the man's a warder. Lan the boy was a king for like 30 seconds. Oh, Len is the king of the Creating seven towers the of Malkir. I want y'all to remember that Ian started this drama. <laughs> I, in, the, in the chat, Len is king. Len is king. What has gone wrong with this podcast? Just everything. Chaos. <laughs> Complete chaos. The wheels. <laughs> hey. Will we? Oh. Got full circle. Now my entire life is fucked up. This was a safe zone, and now. Everything's just a fan. <laughs> Everything's just Thanks, Chris. Apart. <laughs> Trust no one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as they called the, to- the the hall of the tower, um, of the little tower, Lelaine and Ramonda are about to like try to, you know, I think their motive is to penalize Egwene for not letting them control the meeting with the nobles. Like they're going to try to bring that up as bi- official business, but before they can even speak. Um, Egwene calls the question, you know, will we, you know, who will declare war on Elida? And immediately Lelaine and Ramonda try to stop the question. Like, no, 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 we got more important business to talk about. We'll get to that in a little bit. And Egwene's like, <clears throat> um, Brown sister, um, could you please recall the law when it talks about uh, a formal request for war? <laughs> like, Bada bing. <laughs> it's like, they all turn to look at her and like, there hasn't been a war declared by the tower since Arthur Hawkwing. So a thousand years. So like none of these, none of these people know this, know the protocol here, but of course the Brown sister does. Yeah. And not against a woman, like probably right. ever, not, not that they know of in their history. The last individual that it was declared on was Arthur Hawkwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally it's against you know, they'll hop in somebody else's war. Like if they get multiple requests, so it's like, beyond unique is something that just isn't done yeah yeah but the brown sister goes back and like and very sheepishly is like as a matter of fact yes whenever a question of war is brought up that has to take precedent over anything else and that has to be decided on first before 
anything else can commence. Everything has to stop, and it goes to that because it's that important. So, of course, mm-hmm. Lilaine and Amanda, you know, grumble about it, and they said, well, fine, what do you have to say? And Egwene stands up, and she pleads a pretty good argument, saying, like, hey, listen, they didn't allow us to cross into Andor. They do not recognize us as the tower. Like, and it's because we're floundering. Like we have not picked, we have not officially declared anything like this would cement us as the true tower. We are formally declaring war as the true tower against a usurper. Like this is what needs to happen. And that's our argument is like, it, it's going to make people choose not be flopping back and forth. Do you have authority or not? Um, and I thought it was a pretty decent argument. And so did some of the other sisters. So there are so other questions they cut in with. They're, they're more concerned about grandmothers coming to test and their oh, sure. circumstance. Like, th- this question really doesn't matter, does it, Ian? Yeah. While well, I was jumping ahead just a little bit uh, to, I mean, Alan says, yeah, she makes a great argument. Uh, would you, can you all still hear me? Yeah. Okay. She makes a good argument, it is, but like the first response in her favor was somebody standing up going, well, I mean, we might as well, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, then she's was like, it yeah, a great but, argument? I don't know, but it inspired one person to say, ah, oh, fuck it, let's do it. I mean, so, isn't that technically what we're doing? So we right. might as well officially do it? Like, yeah. what, are we, what are we messing and, around for? And that's actually, I think, what moves the rest of the sisters to like get on board. It's like, yeah, it's like they well. brought like, an army out against us. Like they have the audacity, but that's because they don't know who we are. Like you know, they don't know us, and we don't know us. So let's let's take our claim, and let's go yeah. ahead and show that we are the Aes Sedai, and we right. are the ones in charge. So, so but the sisters that vote for are definitely like more not like super like gun ho like well I'll go to war they're more like i guess why not i'll stand up for you like it's it begs the like, question like how many of them really thought that they were going to end up back at the white tower in no time like but i think what's more important here is that the people who voted were not like super behind a going they were just kind of like saying. they thought they were yeah. going to go back and be under uh elida oh uh, yeah Our- i feel like that's really what it came down to they didn't really have any true belief in this war they thought you know give it some time and elida will cool down and we'll all be able to come back to some rational agreement right so again i'm big Egwene fan because she backed him into a corner yeah because they didn't they didn't realize they didn't realize tower law i mean they literally she lawyered the crap out of them like i mean it was like one of these things like so sheepishly she gets just enough majority to declare war Mm-hmm. War is declared. They, you know, Shiriam stands up and says, "You know, okay, it votes by a pass." And then they turn around and says, "Everybody else going to go ahead to show unity and support." Like we'll go ahead and uh, and everybody else stand up. And Ramonda's just like, "No, I'm not standing up for it. Like, screw that. Like, I'm not going to support this." And that's where Egwene drops the bombshell. Goes, oh, but now that we officially declared war, did you know? Also, in law is once war is declared. Armor and seat pretty much has a limited power. Like, mm-hmm. I am now the only authority, and you guys don't mean shit anymore. So, meaning you can stand. No. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. I already said bada bing, and this is the bada boom. Bada bang. Like it, 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 it was the pal. It was all of it. Like I want. Like again, 
glowing, excited, happy. I think the only way this is going to bite them in the backside is if Halima does end up really manipulating the heck out of her. Like, she has the tower. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, now she has full authority. Like, yeah. Like, that's in law. Like, unless they want to break tower law, which none of them do. So none of them realize that that loophole that like that she literally now has 100 percent like almost like you think back to like. So the only time this happens historically, um, the only thing, the only example I can think of um, where it's like complete and totalitary uh, um, power is which actually did end up well. Um, but the Romans would do this um, during times of war. They would they would put a dictator they actually where the word dictator comes from it wasn't a negative term back then uh in charge had a pathetic shape like one of those ones <laughs> but they put them in charge of rather than the senate having to vote on everything during war times they'd put a dictator in charge and they would make all the decisions because it takes too long for the bureaucracy of the senate to get anything done and you need to make decisions fast and it was a temporary type position in rome until julius caesar Alan. came around and made it more permanent yeah go ahead say dictator dictator why, why do you say dick tater? <laughs> it's dictator. You have like this subtle pause. All I'm hearing and all I see in my head is a potato shaped like a dick. Like it's <laughs> dictator. <laughs> Am I the only one that hears that when he says it? It's got to be more fluid. It's a dictator, not a dictator. dictator. <laughs> he adds like an emphasis. I, 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 I paid an em, em, emphasis on the syllable. You got the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, um, Roman history. Go look it up. <laughs> um. Yeah, so if we can get if we can go from one what is this if we can go from one forsaken control oh, yeah, I uh, love that. to a dark frame controlled armlet, I'm just gonna start rooting for the dark one to win. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a reason. Maybe the dark one is supposed to win. Maybe we all need to become dark friends like Alan. Join me. The shadow is so cool, so nice. <laughs> um yeah, being that Alan has read this whole series before and he's clearly a dark friend, maybe maybe you're right, Chris. Maybe he knows something that we don't, and that, that's where we're supposed to be. It's like the guys that ran with Thanos. You know, I mean... People do that? I agree with Thanos. See, there you go. Already. <laughs> Depends on which neighborhood I'm driving through on any given day. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain Circle K's. I go in there to buy my monster and, you know... Get some beef jerky, and I'm like, yeah, man, half these fuckers can just go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's messed up. No, the circle kid. No, circle kid outside of a neighborhood. I tell you, the same group of like 15 men must not have a job, but they all have chargers and challengers, and it's ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I when so- I think of a sketchy circle K, there's a very specific one on the wrong direction of Nine Mile Road, uh, and if you've been there, you know. Because oh, there's, yeah. always, there's always cops there, and it doesn't matter. Crime still happens. <laughs> I've never stopped there, but I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, in Richmond, yeah. there's there's a correct nine mile road direction to go, and there's mm. a wrong way. So I've taken nine mile all the way from Laburnum down to downtown. It's uh, it, I've, oh. I've taken the whole thing. Um, you went, you went there. I've been there. <laughs> you synced it. <laughs> I've synced. 
<laughs> next to the gentleman's club that's so sketchy that like uh yeah um anyway <laughs> so it's 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 boarded up windows anyways right. um, so we did our butta bing and our butta boom and, and then, you're right chris about a bang like it you might as well right this is good yep. stuff yeah yeah so yeah um so after the wars decreed um uh, uh, Gwen just puts romanda and lelaine and everybody else in their place saying listen i'll just strip you of your position we'll raise someone else like sit down shut up this is what we're doing we're gonna rest for a month and then we're going to travel and the siege will begin immediately we're not gonna march there anymore we're gonna rest for a month and then we're gonna be there so sit down shut up get your rest in while you can mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how we end this chapter pretty exciting yeah i mean it's a, this is a pretty big turning point for for at least for Gwen's arc mm-hmm. i mean because yep. i mean she was brought on as uh the armlin definitely as a puppet and this is where she completely cuts her strings and says nope i ain't nobody's i work for no man well, yeah, i work for no man being compared to a couple of famous armalin like will you be this or will you be that and she's like maybe i'll be a little bit of both or maybe I'll Egwene be is gonna be a Egwene. exactly and i like the Egwene that i'm seeing there was a time where i really did not like her but i've changed my mind but that's just me who knows in, in two more books i may hate her all over again yep so on the chapter 20 anything else Wait, what? We got to the end of the book only to find out Lampier was right and Liz was too. Oh. <laughs> and Batman saves the day. Um, chapter yeah. 20. Into Andor. Um, you guys ready? Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. So after the explosion that destroyed the gateway to prevent the Sanchan from entering Andor, uh, we have now the Aes Sedai, the Kin, and the Sea Folk, and the rest of the followers. Uh, they're standing at the Hornwall State on their way to Andor. And the farms are getting more and more common um, as they're traveling closer to, K- to Camelin. Similar to when Rand traveled to Camelin on the road. It might actually be the same road. Um, how it was like sparse, and then more and more farms showed up as it got closer and closer. And either the road to Camelin. How many roads to Camelin are there? No, there's different directions. There's a couple. I have to go look at a map. But yeah, there's a couple. There's a South Road. There's an East Road. There's a Dangerous Road. You don't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Nine Mile Road into Camelin. Yeah, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and Elaine starts to try to talk to the common people as she's trying to get some information as she's getting closer without giving her name. She's trying to get some information. I mean, there's really really interesting inter, uh, encounter with at least one of them where, you know, he's talking about like well, I'm always been a good queen's man. You know, I loved Morgana. She was a good queen, but you know now she's dead and her daughter's dead too. I guess, uh, you know, we'll, we'll support whoever the next one is. Yeah. How's crappy as that to like know that though you're loved by your people they're willing to move on as quickly as they have to yeah well i think it's pretty common in most societies apparently um, relationships too me. fuck me to be... <laughs> oh. 
I want my people to be. Um, we're gonna have to dig deeper into that off <laughs> offline. <laughs> you just threw my whole my whole thought process because <laughs> I want to be a dick. Like, I want my people to need me and love me and want to be with me. I have no other choice. But now I'm like, oh well, damn. Yeah, uh, once once everybody assumes that they're dead, I mean it's time to move on. I guess. Uh, I guess. I, that's, I'm not trying to talk about relationships here, and I'm just talking about kingdoms. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Great. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Here we go. This everything's fine. <laughs> I love you, dude. <laughs> um, Chris, what were you saying? I have zero idea where I was going with any of this now. Okay. Get it back on track. All right. So yeah, meet the commoner, you know, and he, he named some of the names of the, the people that are kind of vying for power in Camelin. I guess there's one clear favorite, um, but he, you'd be fine with either one kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, most. Yep. I, I was, I went to I actually got invited to the watch. That's something else I did this past week. I got to go to the um, Hornet Stadium, the Spectrum Center, to Ooh. watch the um, the draft. Okay. I have never heard a crowd boo more in my life over getting a good draft than that night. Hmm. Like, it was super crazy to be there and to see this, like, phenomenal athlete get picked up, um, Brandon Miller was picked up by the um, Hornets and everybody got super upset because he was not the favorite pick. They had this superstar gaudy looking guy. Can't remember his name that everybody wanted. Scott scoot scoot Henderson. He's probably a phenomenal basketball player. He looks like it, but just looking at his taste and the way his, he was like showing off and everything. Whenever the cameras hit him, I was like, I wouldn't want him on my team. So, I mean, I guess I can understand where this guy's coming from. Like, eh, we'll take who we get, but I prefer to have this person over that. Well, these people are just like that at the Spectrum Center. They rather much have Scoot Henderson rather than Brandon Miller, even though Brandon is the the team player. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I feel like maybe, you know, our, our old queen was a team player and worked for her people but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm jaded because we've been following her daughter and i've grown to like elaine so i'm hoping like maybe her mom was definitely a good queen and she would make a good queen but we could be could be completely wrong yeah definitely so yeah um also the other rumor they hear is that the dragon reborn killed both morgays and elaine and it's also causing the bad weather like it's all his fault it's all the dragon reborn yeah I, he needs a better PR rep. He does. Like, he gets I, I think he's doing all right because even though he got blamed, the guy was like, but I guess that's to be expected. You know, Dragon Reborn is supposed to be doing that sort of thing. So, eh, here's what it is. I hear he's a dark eyed eel like the rest of them. We should kick them out. <laughs> 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 Not a bot, He was just like the West Virginian guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Appalachian guys. Um, no respect to the Appalachia folk. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good. good like guys I said, a there. lot of my family are from up there, so oh, yeah, I, I got a lot of Appalachia friends that are good, good guys, and they give me good moonshine. So I do, I do love you guys. <laughs> I don't, I don't dislike the hillbillies. Heck, my best friend's a hillbilly. 
<laughs> Alan, listen to yourself, man. You you can't say that. That's not. <laughs> Jesse, J- here. Jay Hutch, Jay Hutch, if you ever listen to this podcast, I love you. You know, I love uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I love Jay Hutch too. The only cross country cross country runner, like top in the state, turn thrower, did phenomenally. By the way, it's just he did. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's he's from Appalachia. He he gives me good moonshine. Yeah, um, he great fishing too. He's a good fisherman too. Yeah. His little scam was great. So he convinced my dad. So straight up Appalachia style. So my my dad grows oysters off the pier in my parents' backyard. Um, and my dad was um, um, basically too lazy or not didn't have time to tend to the oysters. So Jesse made a deal with them. Like I'll come over and clean the oysters and get you know get them going if I can have half of the yield off of them. My dad's like, what do you need with, Ooh. you know, what do you need with half of that much oysters? He's like, that's the deal. Is that good? And my dad's like, I don't need that much. Sure. So I gave Jesse half of them. Jesse would literally harvest half the oysters in the spring, put them on ice, drive them straight up to the mountains and trade a bushel of oyster for a case of moonshine, like uh, even trade and just go around to all the stills in the backwoods and get tons and tons of cases of moonshine and bring them all back. This is great. That is definitely a Jay Hutch yeah. move. I like it. Yeah. So, by the way, if anybody from ATF listening, none of that really happened. It's just made up a story. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they paid taxes on it. No worries. Uh-huh. I'm sure they did. Um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, Vendine and Adelaide continue to question uh, Espen, the dark friend. Um, it's trying to get answers as they're going through. Um, yeah, uh, they and believe she. Much of anything. Yeah, and they believe that she must have taken it some kind of oath that can't be broken because they can't figure anything out from her. Which is um, interesting. Mm-hmm. They have avoided the oath rod, but there may be another oath out there. So, do they do it through words or through another rod? Or Ian, what do you think? They use the white, they, they use the white. What color rod do they use? They These use are the dark friend secrets that I will not. I will not give. They probably use the black rod. I think it's stronger. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Was this chapter where they had the red rod? Yes. Yeah, okay. I thought so. (laughs) The red rod finally comes into play in this chapter. It does. (laughs) Anyways, so... uh, So, and the weather changes uh, were supposed to be... You know, the weather has changed... Uh, um, it was supposed to be a two-week trip to Cayman's, but it's been much longer because of all the snow. So that's nothing that's been during all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nynaeve go and Elaine go to tell Ron, tell Ron Riad to meet Egwene, and I think that's where they talk about the Red Rod. Wasn't there? Wasn't it? Yeah, this is where they had the conversation about the Red Rod. Mm-hmm. This is a, like a, a a full a chapter full of nothing for me. There's a lot of detail, but there wasn't much that like screamed at me. But what does the red rod do? Oh, what is it? Say? You're gonna have to ask her. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I honestly completely forgot all about all about it. If I'm being honest, <laughs> they don't know what it does. But when you touch it, you have a euphoric pleasure. <laughs> yes, that that was what it was—a euphoric <laughs> pleasure when you touch the red rod. That's is what, that what it did for you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and they all were embarrassed by they the were. pleasure of the red rod. Yes, yes, I do remember that now. Yeah, that's what he, it is. That, is that what the red rod did, did for did for you? Or is... Yes. <laughs> Didn't even get it out of the box. Just holding the box. It. That's all I needed. <laughs> Could feel it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah there wasn't a whole lot besides that i mean that was obviously a fun fun little tidbit giggity moment yeah, of the... they, they they got their warning to stay in Camelin, mm-hmm. be silent yep. and be careful mm-hmm. you know and that was kind of it like there are certain yep. things they're not supposed to mention to each other yeah but I don't... um i guess brigitte being uh being was it Lan who recognized Brigitte as a northerner? Oh yeah, Lan's gonna catch on a lot quicker. I think Lan's gonna figure <laughs> out who she is in the next mm-hmm. chapter too. Lan's no dummy, you know. The wannabe king, Lan the boy, Lan the tiny little prince. Which Lan are you yeah. talking about? Lan <laughs> the full-grown warder. Inferior Lan, less yeah. than Gareth Brim. <laughs> I mean, you said that. I completely agree with you. I was just, I was just doing math, man. <laughs> Adding two and two. Lan is a king. There's nothing, there's nothing lowly about being a warder. I don't know where you get this idea from. Like, take that. No, I'm just saying, Gareth Bryn is just like the epitome I, I, of what needs to be a general. Yeah. I was hearing like. What what you were implying? It just <laughs> sure, yeah. Ooh. Rub me the wrong way. This is this is what Chris is saying. Land the emanci- emancipated man. <laughs> Land the Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Didn't he get emancipated from his parents? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Dude, do you realize we're like two thirds of the way through the book? Yeah. This has been a very like oh, what's the word? Process driven book or it's a very driven book. A yeah. Book. It but I think it, it plods along, but it's just a lot of events, not so much character heavy and details on what the characters are doing, but situations where things are getting set up for greatness to happen. Yeah. This is the a lot of people say this is the beginning of, the, of what they call the slog. Um, the beginning. So, what's the next book like? The next book is um, fun. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. The full That's slog. The full slog begins in two books. Um, yeah, Crossroads and Twilight is the full slog. But uh, oh. um, yeah, this the, the next book is a uh, has a great ending though. The next book does so. That's a fantastic. But actually, you know, I think actually, I, I looked at statistic one time. I think it's actually Land the, the greatest book man. Where a lot of people quit uh, reading the series is the next book just because it does because plot. they probably hear that the next book plots and they're like, eh. Yeah, it plots for a while. But it's okay. Um, we're, we're going to muscle through because it gets good again. Um, so, and it depends on how you look at things. If you like uh, political intrigue, says, so. if you like political intrigue, uh, next book's good too. It's a lot of But I do. I, I do like political intrigue. I do. Yeah. So. So, more be yeah, that fires me up. Anyways, um, favorite character. Ian, who's your favorite character? 
Let's see. The slog doesn't exist. I'm just saying if there was a slog, this is where people say it starts. I don't know. You got, I mean, the obvious is Egwene. Yeah. Um, Tall mayonnaise. Yeah, I kind of want to give a shout out to Swan because it it seems like a lot of what Egwene is doing strategy wise is being influenced by Swan. And then I go back to remember when Swan got stilled and typically what happens to women, you know, they just start losing their shit and she never really did. Like she always kept her purpose Mm -hmm. and it's, um, you know, yeah, she's got some for channeling ability back, but it's like, she's always been moving in this direction. She never took a step back. So yeah, 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 that's uh, good for her. So you're doing Swan. Why not? Okay. Yep. And, and Chris is picking a Gwaine. I'll give it to Sherry. Oh, okay. I'm hanging up. Fuck this show. Fuck, fuck <laughs> all of this. <laughs> I'm so done. I don't even know what's happening anywhere. <laughs> she is getting abused on every front and taking it like a champ. I oh, feel boy. like. I feel yeah. sorry for her because she really is taking a beating. Like everybody from Egwene to Swan to, you know, the, the other mysterious character, like she just can't win. And then every time, huh? Uh, go ahead. Keep going. Every time she thinks she's got Egwene figured out enough to like give information to the other character, Egwene glows and like blows it up again. Yeah, which makes Shirium awesome. Yeah, make sure you, you know, get beat down again. And like, <laughs> so, my favorite character is little baby Land, sweet baby Land, King Land, King oh, cute Land. And cuddly. She can't catch a break, man. I love. I can. I can pray to baby Land if I want to pray to baby Land. So, Ian, do you know what my favorite character is? Skinny ketchup. Uh, Chris, any guesses? Um, dear sweet baby land, <laughs> uh, my, 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 favorite, my favorite character is Bella! <laughs> Ian just left. <laughs> I'm 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 doing laundry. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I love that horse. Um, yeah. So next week we'll be doing three chapters and we get some action. When we get um, to end this book and Bella really does play an important role, I'm gonna be yes. less than shocked and amazed. I'm gonna be super surprised, honestly. Sure. I bet you she dies um, in book eleven. Yeah. So anyway, um, so the next three chapters are answering... this, is my, this is my dresser an Aldi bag oh. nice is it isn't it though it's great it is that's better than mine is it <laughs> yeah I, my, mine's mine's a, 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 a guess a guess bed <laughs> there you go look this is the sock drawer all there you go. Yep. that's an Aldi bag yep anyway so next three chapters, uh, answering the summons. Ooh. Yeah, I got to do that too. Thanks. Uh, gathering clouds. <laughs> and then fog of war, storm of battle. 
Fog of War, Robert McNamara. Great documentary. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I have not. So chapter 23 yeah. is Fog of War, Storm of Battle. Look it up. Is this going to be a Matt chapter? Is he going to be like... Matt is under a wall. I feel like Matt's in a coma. <laughs> and... I feel you, Matt. I'm changing my favorite character to Matt because I can relate to that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he's going to be in a coma and he's going to be dreaming about a past life. Maybe, maybe. Coma would be nice. Yeah. Matt, who? So, oh, we can't be fair. We're not playing this game with you, Wayne. Not ever again. We're not playing this game. What? Matt who? Matt who? Oh, Matt who? Y'all did that to me with Perrin. As a matter of fact, no, we deserve a Matt who. We had Perrin <laughs> who for so long. Matt who? <laughs> hey, who's Matt? Um, Answering the summons. That that title interests me because who who has been summoned? I mean, we've had multiple summons. We have had men channelers being told that they could come and be a part of the crew. We've got women channelers now being told that they could become a part of the crew. We got Elida telling Aes Sedai, come back home. We got, you know, dark friends out there, dark friending and recruiting. Like, this is recruiting season. Like... Mm-hmm. There's a many a summons that that have been put out there, so I I, I do feel like this is going to be very much another uh, Egwene chapter, and she's going to get a ton of town folks who could who could channel as women that are going to come and you know try to become new allies. Now, gathering clouds, we know how many women do you think are going to come at once? <laughs> as many as grab the red rod. <laughs> That's all it takes. Uh, apparently. Oh man. I Sorry guys. I'm, like... I'm desperately trying to entertain myself. No, <laughs> I wonder if they all had orgasms or if they just like had euphoric moments. Like because euphoria is one thing, orgasmic euphoria is another. Anyway, the gathering clouds, maybe we're gonna get a big storm, but I think that's more related to the fog of war storm of battles, like these gathering clouds are just gathering armies. Now, this is where Perrin uh, finally gets his um, uh, Two Rivers tobacco. Oh, Ooh. gathering clouds. That would be yeah. dope. We do need a good Perrin chapter. Yeah. And then uh, Fog of War, Storm of Battle. I'm not touching that chapter. I, th- nobody's ready to go to war, so I don't know what that's going to be all about. Mm. Maybe it's okay. an internal struggle of some sort with somebody. Okay. Yep. The wars are coming. Oh, yeah. Anyways. All right. So how we get found is at thewillreads.com. Um, you can find links to everywhere there. Uh, go ahead and send us emails at thewillreads at gmail.com. Um, or you can go support us in lots of different ways. Just listen to us. Join our Patreon. Do the merch thing. It's fun. Um, join Discord. Um it is a lot of fun. Uh, we do have lots of channels. Um, the memes are choice, as Ferris Bueller would say. And if I do be memeing. If you're too young to know who Ferris Bueller is, I recommend checking that out, too. So, Because he's a righteous dude. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I got for this week. So, Until next time. Peace. Okay, bye.
I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for listening to The Wheel Reads. See y'all next time.